Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 108 with my friend, Jackson Henderson. Uh, I know Jackson because I was on his podcast. You can go and check that out if you want. It is virtual cast number 22 from October 22 over on YouTube. I believe it's under Romero Records, which is his company he's going to talk about here. And I don't want to keep you guys from the show. Uh, the last episode of season three. Is that crazy? That's fucking nuts. Oh, I said the F word earlier than maybe ever. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, I'm going to give this over to you guys, and I'm not going to hold you back from this wonderful interview with my friend, Jackson. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Yeah. Especially if it's like an arrogant 21 year old or something. <laughs> like, I get you're super talented, but you're also kind of a moron. Um, of course, I'm referencing myself at 21, super talented, <laughs> big fucking moron. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, well, that's cool. Um, I want to get into some of that stuff. I, uh, I thank you for doing this. I want to start there and also, um, I usually start out with how I know people and I, I know you from Podmatch originally, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a little, uh, website that connects people with podcasts essentially, <laughs> or yeah. in our case, podcasts with podcasts. I I'm curious. I went and I revisited the episode I did on, on your show, which, uh, for anyone listening is virtual cast number 22. And, and I'm curious to see like what's been going on with you since then and also get to know you better. You're in Memphis, right? Correct. Yeah. Are you born and raised in Memphis? No, I'm from Oneonta, Alabama. Okay. It's like, it's like an hour North of Birmingham and, um, it's about 30 minutes away from, from Gadsden, but yeah, okay. it's, it's a small town. Gotcha. Um, and then do you have any siblings? Yeah, I've got two older sisters, uh, one named Mercedes. She's the next oldest. And then the oldest is uh, Whitney. I'm 29. And then I think Mercedes is two years older than me. And then Whitney's like two years older than her or something like that. But part of me is impressed with what you've done so far at 29. And part of me is like, <laughs> fuck you, bro, because I'm 39. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. So the youngest, I can relate to that. Always always a fun role. Do you feel like that played, played in your favor or worked against you growing up? Both. <laughs> um, there, there were times where my mom, you know, my mom's, she, she would, she still like tells people the story of when I would come downstairs to talk to her and, and cry, be like, mom, I want a brother. Like I hate my sisters and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but on the flip side, mom obviously would treat me better than the sisters. Like yeah. she would, you know, baby me and all this stuff. But I, I, I definitely, I would say I'm glad I'm self-conscious of this, that I didn't use that in who I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't take that babying as like, I'm better than everybody else. Yeah. You know, behold the youngest child. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I think it, it, Definitely played both roles, but um, I'm happy with the way I, I guess I turned out. <laughs> Did you, do you fall? I mean, I, I have my assumptions on this answer, but did you fall into the box of like the entertainer of the family? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
definitely say that. My my two older sisters, like um, one uh, Whitney, she would sing. Uh, she's a pretty good singer, but um, Mercedes used to play the clarinet. And for those of you who know anything about uh, band, she was first chair. Nice. When um, she was in high school and she didn't do anything um, band wise after that, but she was good though. Yeah. That's uh, them freaking woodwind instruments. Never understood. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> know. People, I just, I just remember people sucking on reeds and I was like, I don't understand what you're doing. Um, <laughs> weird sentence. Uh, <laughs> let's just move past that. I'm curious, to, and, and without like getting into detail, I don't want you throwing siblings under the bus, but are either one of your older sisters get in more trouble than the rest of you guys and kind of pave the road for you to get away with stuff? I am all for throwing siblings under the <laughs> bus. You came to the right place. I'm like the evil Mrs. Frizz when it comes to throwing people under the bus. So that was the middle child, Mercedes. Okay. Um, she tends to get on my... I would say my mom's nerves a lot when it comes to certain things, but it's still all love at the end of the day. You know, even, even though, you know, we tend to, um, we, we really don't talk much like me and like my sisters, but we never have issues. I was explaining this to somebody the other day. They were like, is your family close? And I was like, it's kind of a weird, weird way to answer. But like, we, we don't talk all the time. Like we hardly talk. But we never have issues. Like I, I never have problems with my family. So that's that's the positive uh, side. Even though we hardly ever talk. And one could argue you might not have any issues because you guys never talk. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, playing devil's advocate, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely get that. It's a family's a funny thing because people, uh, I think people project their own ideas of family onto people when they ask questions, right? Like people always assign their own family values to people. Uh, and it's, it, it can get uncomfortable. Yeah. It's, it's very strange. So I get, I get the weirdness of people asking that question. Like, oh, you get along really well. I mean, I guess where's the scale. <laughs> like, what are we comparing this to? Um, yeah. Stick I, it I on. Even had, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I even had uh, one of my friends, I was telling him that, um, my my wife she would she'll go home which um my parents live like four hours from memphis and uh she'll she'll go to my parents place and just hang out with them on a weekend or something like that and my like my friend was like so confused like so so she'll go without you and i'm like yeah and he was like that's 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 crazy (laughs) yeah i i uh i do stuff with my father-in-law all the time like we go to concerts and shit together uh similar interest he's god he's in his 70s now and he plays guitar better than i ever will and like yeah so we nice. he introduced me to some of my favorite bands sticking on family just just for another minute what what do your mom and dad do when you're younger when you're growing up so my mom did a few different things um she used to work at rank there was a wrangler plant wrangler like the clothing that was like literally it wasn't in the neighborhood but it was like two minutes from our house. And, um, it was like in a suburban neighborhood that there was just a a Wrangler plant. So she used to work there. Yeah. It was weird. Uh, now that I think about it, like when I'm a kid, I didn't think it was weird, but like now that I'm older, I'm like, that's crazy. There's like a a literal like plant like right there. But so she ended up, um, doing multiple other things and which is probably where I got that from. That's how I am. But, uh, she ended up, 
she loves to cook. She is a cook. Uh, she would do catering. She started her own business with like catering and stuff like that. And she actually ended up working at um, a golf course that's close to where I live and very popular golf course. So a lot of people come in. She loved doing like cooking uh, there. And um, what else did she do? She actually like is a substitute teacher right now. So um, she just likes being around people and talking. So that's, you know, yeah, that's covering a lot of bases. That's cool. What about yeah. your dad? So my dad, he always worked for the highway department. So okay. like, uh, yeah, you see like the, the people who work for the state, they're like fixing roads and basically standing there doing nothing. That was my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, he did that for, ooh, it was, I think it was close to 30 years, something like right. it was a long time. And, um, and then he was also in the national guard. Okay. Um, yeah. did you, did that, did that have them at home for pretty, like pretty normal hours? Like, did you, were they around pretty normal amount growing up then? So my, my mom, when she worked at that Wrangler plant, I think she worked like overnight. Okay. Like I third shift. Say she, yeah. Like I want to say she would get off work in time to like take us to school. And then my dad, he worked like a normal, I guess, like what, like seven or eight till uh, three or something like that. Okay. So um, when he worked for the highway department, so he had normal hours, like, you know, day shift type thing. So I hear you talk about your mom in, in a way that I, I'm guessing some of your entrepreneurial spirit comes from that. Um, what, how does that show up while you're growing up? Like what, what is what does school look like? What are your interests? Have that, has that translated into what you're doing now? Yeah, I'd say so for sure. Because like I always tell people I took to heart when my mom, she would always tell me like, you know, you can do anything you want to do. You know, you can be anybody you want to be all that kind of stuff. Very cliche, cliche type sayings, but I took it to heart when I was a kid. And that's why I do so much stuff now. Like, you know, I do photography, videography, podcasts. Uh, i I rap and engineer vocals and produce music. Like I do all these things is because I felt like I could, you know what I mean? Like when, when you tell somebody they, they can't do something or they're not allowed to do something, they either a don't do it or B it pushes them harder. When you tell somebody they can do whatever they want to do, they usually take the option unless they're just lazy. But if somebody's a hard worker, they're probably going to take the option to do whatever they want to do. Yeah. So that, I feel like that's what happened with my mom. Like she, she did a lot of things and, um, she would tell me I could do whatever. So that's what I did. You know, I, I, I'm constantly doing different things. I love it. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you get into any of that stuff when you were like in, in high school still? Like what's your, what's your yeah. social life your look like and what are you doing for your activities back then? So my main thing was sports. I loved uh, playing football and basketball. I I'm I was really athletic, but um, I could not like shoot in basketball. <laughs> like the, the one thing that really matters. But, uh, <laughs> if you can block, I, though, yeah, that might you know substitute it. <laughs> I played great defense, and yeah, I could like block people's shots and stuff like that. I could jump high, so I was a great athlete, but just couldn't shoot. So basketball. Uh, I didn't, I didn't care to learn how to become a good shooter. So basketball just like went to the wayside for me. I, I did track, and um, even though I was a very fast runner, 
I was strong, so they put me in like all the like the throwing events. Yeah. So that was my jam and and track. Like when I was in tenth grade, I made it to state in like throwing shot put, and then even my junior and senior year, I would make it a state and throwing shot put and discus. I was always horrible at javelin. I don't know why, but I, I was just horrible at javelin. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I just based on your activities, I'm wondering, like, I don't, I don't know if there's a right or wrong way to take this, but did you grow up in like a, an affluent kind of neighborhood or go to a nicer school where you have more access to stuff? Cause, uh, I'm trying to think of the like track and field type stuff we had at my school. And I don't know if that's just a regional thing or, or what, um, but that also segues into my next question that I'll get to in a minute. But I'm just curious if that, like, what was the income level there? So I wouldn't say, I, okay, so this kind of goes upon the, like, what's the scale type thing? Yeah. Because for, I'm going to say for Alabama, <laughs> um, I went to a pretty nice school. It would be like, if you were thinking of it as, like, income level, yeah the average parent was probably middle class. Okay. Like, yeah, we had some rich kids, you know, quote unquote rich kids. Well, like one kid I went to high school with, his parents owned a phone company and like they sold it. Like everybody in the whole County, even in most of the Northern part of Alabama yeah. had this phone service. So, I mean, they sold it for like $200 million, like 10 years ago. Nice. So think, yeah, think about what that would be worth now. But, um, so yeah, it was, it was like a, I would say middle class or whatever. It, um, and then like the majority of the schools in the County, they were County schools and my, the school I went to was a city school. So gotcha. like we, we would have nicer things. Yeah. It was, yeah. No, but, I, I imagine it's, it's, and I'll tell you where this question came from, but like if you're in a reasonably higher income area and the schools funded from the people that live in that area, you're going to get more money than on a broad term where it's coming in like at an average level from everybody. Uh, and I, and I asked that cause for a couple of reasons, one is like I grew up in kind of wealthy town. Um, the school I went to was mostly upper middle to upper class, like, you know, the, not the people that send their kids to private school, but like the people that are just below that maybe. Um, yeah, yeah. but then there's people like myself and there's, there's like these three or four streets, right. Where it's like middle to lower middle. And, mm. you know, like we had very little, we never got into like food stamp area, but we definitely like paid the cable bill with piggy bank money. So it, you know, it varies a lot in that one area. Cause ever, all these people are going to the same school. And the reason I asked that to begin with was because when I was in school, I got into video and audio a lot, mm. primarily because that school got the money to get all this state-of-the-art shit when I was there. So yeah. that's where I was originally going with that question, and I'm wondering, like, outside of the athletic stuff, were you able to get into any of that while you were still young and in school? So, honestly, I didn't do, like, any of the stuff I do now. Okay. When when I was in high school like I was always into technology though yeah um, I always thought like computers were cool and like high-tech stuff was was cool but like it never 
registered in my head to like do that kind of stuff when you get older. Like okay. I think I think I was a senior in high school and we were talking about, you know, everybody's talking about college and like what are you going to do in college? Well, at one point I wanted to be a, a psychologist because or or like a, a guidance counselor because I just like I like talking to people about like how to make themselves better and how to help them with their situations and stuff like that. I just knew I liked doing that. So I was like, Oh, that could be a job. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so I ended up going to school for business management. And, um, after that, that's when I went into the air force. But so, yeah, like my activities in, in high school were mainly just sports and I didn't, I didn't really like get into technical things at all when I was in school. And I don't feel like I really had that much access to it being as in, I was in a small town. Yeah. And I was just curious about that. And now I, now I have a billion more questions just based on that answer, (laughs) but but I I am, I am curious. You, you said you rap. Um, Do you, do you write your own stuff, your own? Okay. Did that did that manifest out of anything? Were you doing any sort of, did you have any creative outlets like, you know, sports and stuff might fill one bucket, but did you have anything you were doing even in the background or privately at home creatively when you were growing up before you ventured out? So I liked to draw when I was younger. Um, I felt like I did that a good bit and I have a, an uncle that likes to, to draw and stuff like that. And he was really good. So I kind of like, for a short period of time, I like looked up to him as like, Oh cool. He can draw. Like I want to draw stuff like that. But, um, as a high schooler, like not really, like I didn't really have any kind of real, um, outlet to express as a creative, you know, expressing myself as a creative. And again, like that wasn't even my main focus, like as a high schooler, um, even, even like my freshman, sophomore year in college and stuff like that. Like I was not thinking about being a creative person, like drawing or painting or, or shooting videos or anything like that. That, that just wasn't, it wasn't who I was. Okay. Um, I got, I'm making some assumptions here, but I'm assuming your mom went to college to some, some degree because she's doing teaching right now, substitute teaching, or is that correct yeah she she went to college uh i think it was like some community college in the area and then i think my dad went to um alabama a&m okay and i I was so funny you say you were asking this because i was just on my dad's facebook and like i went back to his like oldest events or whatever and he said he graduated from the university of alabama a&m honestly never knew if he graduated or not because because he worked you know he had a full-time job as this alabama um highway department but he was also in the military and i'm assuming that's how he got his he was able to pay for it yeah yeah so honestly didn't even know if he graduated or not so (laughs) what's uh why i before i get because i'm curious about that path after high school but what's your relationship like with your mom and dad as you get to that point and become like 18 and an adult in air quotes? <laughs> yeah. So I would say it was somewhat typical. Um, I felt like I was becoming 
you know, my own person and, you know, trying to get away from them, like helping me and stuff like that. And as much as I would love to like, had a great job and completely, um, financially supporting myself, like, um, so let's see when my freshman year of college, I stayed in the dorms and I used some, like some scholarship money, but also, uh, the VA like paid for my schooling because my dad was yeah. retired military. So that paid for my school. So I didn't need them for that, but I still ended up working for the school, uh, Jacksonville state university. I worked for them and earned some money that way. And then ended up working at pizza hut. And so I ended up renting a house with one of my great friends and supported myself that way. But I felt like talking to my parents wasn't something that I like needed. Like if I, if I needed like support or anything, that would be my friends. I didn't really need that kind of like friendship from my parents. Yeah. Like I use my parents as like these guidance people, you know, if I needed financial advice or, you know, adult type advice, that's what I went to my parents for. Okay. Not, I, I didn't treat my parents like friends. Okay. Um, before we get into business management, I'm curious about the the short lived dream of psychologist or guidance counselor. Like, what what drew you to that before you dropped it? Because you definitely, I mean, it's not a money making field for the most part. So, but other than that, like, what was your? Why were you interested in that? It was really just that need to help people, and I still have that. Like, I still like so the the guy I was just talking to before we got on. Uh, with this podcast, I, I'm giving him free advice and and guidance on the music business. And a lot of people, they charge a ton of money for that, which is just like music counseling and um, or con consultations. Yeah. And I, I plan on doing that, but I want to have like set packages for that kind of stuff because I feel like anything that I can just give you like nuggets of just information, I'm going to do that for free. Because I want you, <laughs> I want you to know that I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so, like when when you're ready to pay for somebody um, for information, if you don't know how intelligent they are or, or whatnot, then it's it's hard to trust them. So, I, I'm I'm a type of person I love to just talk to people and gain their trust, and then just be open and honest with them. That's yeah. you know you can see that with why I have a podcast now because I just like I just like talking to people and yeah. getting to know. And, and seeing you know what they're doing in their life and how they got to where they are and all that kind of stuff okay yeah i, I was just curious about that and, and i'm glad that's carried over um so i i think you're good at it i watched you know outside of myself obviously i watched some of the other uh episodes as well and and i think you, you you can definitely tell you have that genuine interest so i i see where that might have flown in there um you mentioned jacksonville so where where do you go to college then <laughs> so it's actually Jacksonville, Alabama. Oh, uh, more turns. <laughs> yeah. So funny. I think it was my either my junior or senior year in college. We played Jacksonville University, and it was their first year that they had a football team, and it was bad. We completely like blew them out because my school we get a lot of transfers from like the sec schools like all the big schools we yeah. get their transfers because like you know kids get in trouble and so they can't go to another d1 school because either the, the schools don't want them or 
back then they didn't have the transfer portal. And so like now kids can just like hop around the schools, like free agents and yeah. like professional leagues. But back then you had to go to like a JUCO or sit out a year and all that kind of stuff. So kids would come to our school and we just, we just blow other schools out. Cause we had all these like big name players yeah. from, from like big schools, but yeah, three DUIs, who cares? You can play here. Um, <laughs> For, forgiven <laughs> university. That's funny. So you said you did business management there. Do you go there all, for four years and get your bachelor's? Yep. I, um, I tried to do, I almost tried to do three, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I did, I did four years and, um, got my business management as my major. Okay. I, I'm, I'm curious if you can kind of put your mindset back in this headspace, but so you're, you're in high school, you're, you know, you're living, your sisters are living with you, you're youngest you're in the house and then you go off to college you're by yourself <laughs> um do you remember what that was like i mean how was that uh just like uh, regular day or did you kind of go nuts for a little while like what does that look like so i was never a drinker or a smoker or anything like that good for you so, <laughs> i do like socializing so i like going out and what i remember like the first night I'm staying in my dorm, you know, I stayed in the dorm my freshman year yeah. and I'm just like, I don't have a curfew. I can, I can do what I want. Like I could literally leave this dorm, go wherever I want and come back when I want. I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> and so, so that was, that was my first experience of yeah. uh, living on my own. Like I just felt just having that freedom, just be able to do what I want when I want it was wild, but like, again, at the same time, I wasn't like a crazy partier or anything. Yeah. Like, I, I would go to parties all the time, but like, again, I didn't drink or smoke or anything, so I was never like, my inhibitions were never thrown off, and you know, I didn't end up in ditches at six o'clock in the morning or stuff like that. So, I had a lot of friends that did, but uh, <laughs> it was it was a very tamed fun experience uh like freshman even you know my whole college experience yeah. but just that initial initial time frame i keep thinking and i keep your your dad in the national guard in the back of my head because i'm thinking like it sounds like and correct me if i'm wrong but it sounds like you have kind of a built-in system of discipline um and i'm wondering what role that plays like having a military father if that played a role in that or what that looks like. Cause a lot, you know, a lot of people do cut loose or they, they realize that freedom, like you said, you did. Um, but they also like, then you have to be, you're the one responsible, right? You're the one, you, no one's holding you accountable, but you, and not everyone does super great in that circumstance right out the gate. So uh, I'm wondering where that sense of discipline comes from. Is it from how you were raised or is it a, what does that look like? The funny thing is, if you met my parents, you would think my mom was the one in okay. the military. <laughs> but I get my, I'm a really chill person. Like I love just like, just hanging out. We don't have to do anything crazy or anything like that. That's where I get from my dad. Like my dad's real chill. Um, he just, you know, he likes to just hang out and do whatever. But um, my mom, she was more of a, I would say she was more of a, um, a stricter parent than mm -hmm. my dad was like, it was always like, if I wanted to do something, I go ask dad. Like I, I, I'm not asking mom because yeah. dad's probably going to say, yeah, <laughs> mom's going to give me a hard time. Yeah. 
what does that look like then out of college? Where do you get the idea and make the decision to join the Air Force? Like, where does that come from? You get you get your four year degree, right? You got, and it's a business degree, which God bless you, everybody, for the love of God. I don't care what you're into. Get a business degree first and then go study what you actually like because <laughs> you can use that in anything, right? Um, you're a creative person. Like having those business skills, I'm sure, has paid off wonders getting into some of the creative world because that's the thing a lot of creative people don't have is that business mindset in the background. But getting out of there, you know, you have that opportunity, you have the four-year degree. Why the Air Force? So I'm actually going to, I guess, play devil's advocate with everything you just said. Oh, yes. (laughs) This episode is coming out on Memorial Day. This is the official start of summer, right? Who's excited? I'm excited. I'm so excited that I have my kayak strapped to my car and I'm going to go take it out on the lake and I'm going to bring along some intentional IPA from Wellbeing Brewing. It's a non-alcoholic IPA. It comes in a 16-ounce can. It's delicious. And you know what? If you're not into beer, that's okay. Wellbeing also makes sparkling water with a little hint of CBD. So help you chill out a little bit. Don't worry. It's no THC. It's CBD. Know your letters, folks. But head on over to wellbeingbrewing.com slash friend request. Save yourself 10% and try out some delicious beverages to kick off your summer. Because I'm going to say nobody should ever get a business management degree. Ah. It's probably one of the worst degrees you could possibly should get. I said business okay. administration. <laughs> yeah, something, some get something that is business and then anything else but management because. <laughs> You want to get something that's specialized, but I didn't find that out until this is still answering your question. I didn't find that out until after college because I was actually my senior, my last semester of college. And then like a year after that, I worked at a Gold's gym and the owner of the gym was real cool. He, He owned like the franchise of it. So, you know, he wasn't controlled by a corporate or anything like that, but, um, he was real cool. His name was Stace Beecham. And, um, what a name. I, yeah. <laughs> and he had, he was a tall guy. He actually didn't even work out. That's what I thought was hilarious. Like he owned this gold's gym yeah. and didn't even work out, but tall guy. Um, he wasn't skinny, but he was, I guess, thin built and had like this slick back hair. And I was like, Stace, I bet you was a, the cool dude back in the day. And he always just laughed about it. But <laughs> so yeah, there were times where I just asked Stace, I'm like, Stace, like, could you just like give me some extra duties to do? Cause you know, I'm, I went to school for business management, so I want to know more about managing a business. So he was like, yeah, sure. So he would give me like these random things and like teach me about how they bring in products. So if they like need to order certain things, like this is how they do it. These are the customers that they deal with and all that kind of stuff. So like that aspect of it was great. And then I'm still just like doing all this stuff, but I'm just like, I've got no way of really progressing in business management because I'm not a manager. So how am I going to get these, you know, certain jobs? And then I had a friend who uh, he's like one of my best friends, Jesse Amoson, uh, growing up. He was telling me he's going into the Air Force. And I was like, why? <laughs> I was like, that sounds like the worst idea ever. And then he's telling me about it and um, he ended up going in and, 
and uh, we met up after he had been in for a while. And then I had another friend that I met at the gym, um, Austin Snyder. Austin um, was going in as like, a, what do you call it? A spec ops. He was going in as a CCT, like combat control. If okay. you ever seen uh, like Lone Survivor, yeah. that's, that's the kind of stuff that Austin was going in for. And um, I was like, man, like all my good friends are going in. But I still remembered one of my professors in, in college, he said that he thinks every man should serve in the military at some point. And I thought that was one of the dumbest things I'd ever heard. I was like, why? <laughs> but I just, you know, I thought about it after all my friends started going in. I was like, that's an interesting thing. And you know, it's, it's free travel, free uh, insurance, all these things. Yeah. I was like, why not? You know, it's, it's a guaranteed job. Why not? So that's what I did. I just decided to go in the air force and, um, you know, join, have my friends join. So what's your family's reaction to you saying I'm going to the air force. So again, my dad with that chill, relaxed attitude, he was like, Oh, okay, cool. You know, <laughs> but my mom was like, no, no. You know, she did. She didn't want me because her idea of the military was what everything my dad went through. Because my dad, he was in Desert Storm, and then after um, the World Trade Center uh, incident of nine eleven, he went to I think Afghanistan or Iraq. I can't remember in like two thousand and three or something like that. So wow. he did a tour over there. And so my mom's idea of military is just, you know, the worst experience ever because my dad was in the army and they just to be honest, like way the treatment goes, yeah, the army will get shit on the most. Yes. Yeah. So I would. <laughs> so how long are you enlisted? I was in for like three years and six months or something like that. Um, I signed up for six but I ended up messing up my back. And so I got medically discharged. What? So, and this is, uh, I feel like at this point, every question I have for you is projection of some sort of my own shit, but I'm just, I'm, uh, I'm so fascinated by people that serve in the military. Um, and it's such a catch 22, right? Cause like we don't have what we have without that, <laughs> but then there's also so much sacrifice involved in that decision. Um, and I'm trying to wrap my head around anybody that's 21, 22, getting out of college and like, I think I want to sign up for six years in the military. <laughs> and like, uh, with the, I don't know, shit show this country's been <laughs> the last however long, um, like where, where, where does that come from? Where there, was there any, was it just uh, a case of, and I, I mean this in the most respectful way possible, but that was there like a level of ignorance where you're just like, uh, you know, what's the worst that could happen sort of thing? Or was it, uh, you know, a, I need to serve my country or was it like, like, where's your head at where you say, where you want to do six years? Cause you can do four, right? Isn't, and you're like six, fuck it. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was that all the above. Um, so actually so just a tidbit of information, when you join the military as active duty, I'm not sure about guard and reserve, but you're technically actually signing for eight. Okay. So some people sign for four, but when you're done with your four, 
you're actually supposed to be like four years of like if we have a draft yeah you're, you're like you're, on call yeah you're yeah, yeah basically yeah you're on yeah, call i got a buddy today yeah <laughs> and so i was like well if i'm gonna do four what's two more years yeah. and so that way it gets me if i decide to um to do more you know it's like sign up for more years you know i'm already two more years deep so whatever you know it doesn't matter but I also did see it as like, you know, again, as I said, guaranteed job, uh, doing something that I chose to do. You know, I didn't get pressure. I was old enough and educated enough to not get pressured by a recruiter to take a dumb job. Mm -hmm. So educated job choice. But, you know, I didn't I didn't have any say so in where I was going. But I also didn't care because something that I looked at was big scope of my life. And that's something that I think I'm very fortunate to understand at a younger age was like what a life timeline is. And I would think about it as like, so if you're 40 years old, you have lived two lives of a 20 year old. I started to think about it that way. I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm 20 years old. Somebody who's 40 has lived my life twice. So what's six years of my life? That's nothing. It's <laughs> in an the interesting grand... way to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, in the grand scheme of things, like six years is absolutely nothing. Like from birth to, to I'm six, I don't remember any of that. So I'm, I can definitely enjoy, I think I joined when I was 22. I can't remember, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 28 when I get out. So whatever. Like, yeah. you know, what is that? So, and even I thought about if I did 20 years, I was going to be 42 and be retired. <laughs> Most people start a business at 42. Yeah. So what's, what's being 42 and being retired and receiving a check from the military for the rest of my life. I, I'm getting a fresh new start as a new human being with a guaranteed paycheck until I die. Yeah. That's nothing. So. It's definitely a huge benefit, um, and that, that <laughs> and there's there's pieces of that that I relate to. Uh, definitely, like the attitude of whatever towards many things at 22, um, including like my life in general or whatever. Uh, like, absolutely. Um, and it's funny to think about. So I'm going to be 40 next year, and to think about living two 20 year old lives. I was like, Oh, those are two very different 20 year olds. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh boy. There's the, the, the responsible one and the, uh, not so much. And it's a funny way to look at that. And I got, so I got to wonder then just getting away from this a little, if I'm doing my math correctly, if you join and you're 22, you get out, you said after about three years for medical. Mm -hmm. So you're like 25. This is only like four years ago. What, where do you, I mean, I'm going to go back and recap, right? We got Romero records, entrepreneur, you do, uh, I don't even think you mentioned this. You do, you read like audible books, right? You do, uh, so you do like voice work, you, you, you rap, you are looking into managing musicians. I, I know you have like a studio type setup there. You usually have a mic that looks just like mine. I, uh, where where does that start in the scheme in the grand scheme of like college air force like 
is this all the last four years or is this stuff that's been accumulating over the last 10? It's, it's been accumulating. So, um, I actually had some friends in college that, uh, rapped. I did one song, one song with them. And I was like, never again, never again. (laughs) Well, I think it was 2016. I just started thinking about music again. I don't know why. I was just like, I just want to do music. So I started just Google searching and YouTubing everything I could find. And there was somebody I knew that did music and I was asking them like, how do do you do this stuff? You know what I mean? Like, what, what do you, what am I supposed to do? Like I was just looking for somebody to just give me the, the, the cookie cutter guideline on how to just do music. And then I met a guy in the air force. He goes by leak. That's like his um, music name, but he, he was like showing me like how to produce music, how to make beats, how to engineer vocals and all these things. And I was like, yes, <laughs> I finally found a person like teach me these things. So I'm always the type of person. That's all I need. It's just like a little, a little spark. Like, show me the beginning, the foundation, and I can take it from there. And then I even applied to, um, was it the, the state of, I was in North Dakota, by the way. Okay. I was stationed in mine, North Dakota. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm very familiar. I've, uh, I've been there multiple times. <laughs> okay. But so I even, you know, sent my, sent my letter to the Secretary of State so that they could recognize Romero Records as a, as a company and, as a sole proprietorship. And I was like, okay, cool. I got a business now. (laughs) And so that's, you know, I was just doing music that way. And then I got out of the military 2018. Then I ended up doing a job learning how to work on like cell phone towers and putting up like 5g. I'd went to like a two week course on how to learn that stuff. And then I just got hired from that course I started doing that and there was a guy that I worked with that did music and I was like, okay, cool. And then we still keep in touch. We don't really talk all the time, but we keep in touch every once in a while. You know, I'm still just, you know, doing my music thing, keeping in touch with people that I know did music. I ended up going through the Rockwell program and then I moved here to Memphis with my job with Owens Corning. Then I'm still just like, you know, picking up on music, you know, how to do this. I'm just, I'm I'm perfecting my craft. You know, I'm just... I'm trying to become a better rapper, a better audio engineer, uh, a better beat maker, all these things. You know, I think most people, basically, they just figure out what they're good at, and then they like to stick with that thing, and they want to become the best. I don't know if this is weird or, like, bad to say, but this is just how I like to live my life. I don't really care about being the best. Like, I don't, I don't care for somebody to say, I am the best. I just want to be one of the best. And then go learn something else and be one of the best and learn something else and be like, I I pride myself at being really good at a ton of stuff. I don't really care about being like the best person. I needed a music video and I found a guy and I was like, Hey, how much do you charge for music videos? He charged like seven fifty, And my wife was like, why don't you just buy a camera? And I was like, you're right. (laughs) So it was good enough to take photos and shoot videos. So that was my, you know, segue into like my marketing as a rapper is, you know, taking all these photos and videos with the camera I bought. And then I realized I'm like, Oh, I could shoot videos and do photos for other people. 
So then now I'm trying to get better at that. And so I start my company, Damage Media Group, with one of my good friends, Ryan Olson now. And um, now that's what I do. Like I, I do videos for people and uh, photography and all that stuff. And literally all that came along just because I needed it. You know, I needed it as content as a rapper. And I was like, oh, I should just get really good at this stuff and do it for other people for money. So, so I, I have, I have some questions first. I want to, I want to branch off and kind of shift the lens here a little. When, when, where do you meet your wife? When I was in North Dakota, there was a day, um, this is in 2016, August of 2016. And, and you're in the uh, military at this point. Yes. Yeah. And you're in North Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting. Okay. <laughs> So I don't even think I had anything planned for the day. And a guy who I like never hung out with hits me up and it's like, Hey, you want to go watch a movie? And I was like, sure. I was like, what do you want to watch? And it was sausage party. And then he was like, you want to go out to eat? And I was like, sure. So we go out to uh, it's a place called wings and rings. I'm familiar. Twice as good as Buffalo wild wings, by the way, I, I wish wings and rings would branch out to like other states i don't know where they're located but just in my not north dakota to my knowledge right now so yeah we go to wings and rings and when we get there there's other people that we work with in the military there and so we just end up hanging out with them and then some of them were like yo y'all want to go to the bar and i was like <laughs> sure so <laughs> so we end up going to the bar that night then it's like winding down like everything closes early in my not like Everything, most, everything closes early in North Dakota. <laughs> yeah, yeah, North Dakota in general. And so it's midnight, and apparently some people that I was with, they got invited to go to somebody's house. So all day I've not made – only decision I've made is either yes or no. Yeah, like I've, going with the flow. We're circling yeah, back I, to dad being chill. <laughs> yeah, I <exactly>. got it. <laughs> so um, – yeah, we get to this house and we're just hanging out or whatever. The night's getting late and I end up talking to this girl that I remember seeing her at the bar, like a glimpse of her. And it because she was wearing, I think it was like a red skirt or a red top. I can't remember. That ends up being my wife. I, I talked to her briefly that night and uh, I ended up getting her number, but I was slick. <laughs> so... Usually when I'm around a lot of people, I want to keep in contact with all of them. So like I will get everybody's names and numbers, but like, I was like, I want her number, but there's not that many people here. So I don't want to make it weird just by asking for her number. So I'm getting everybody's names and numbers. I don't think I contacted anybody that <laughs> night except her <laughs> next day. Like I started talking to her or whatnot. And um, I think we had each other on like Snapchat and she sends me a picture of like, she was in a, um, an adventure time blanket. I was like, is that, is that Finn and Jake? And she's like, yes. It, it, she just made her so excited that I knew That's what funny. adventure time was. And so we started hanging out from there. That's awesome. I like, uh, yeah, I like the idea of, be like, guys, I'm putting together a spreadsheet. I need everyone's first name, last name, <laughs> phone number. You got an email, maybe a Snapchat handle in the fifth column there. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> that's, it's, a good, it's a good idea, I think, though. Get, get them all. Only use one. Um, 
That's fantastic. I'm curious about a couple things. This kind of goes back to what you were saying about your mom saying you can do anything and you believing it. Um, you, you don't, you, you have a sense of confidence and it's not cocky. It's not arrogance. It's just like kind of confidence in what you're doing and this determination be like, Oh, I want to, you know, learn how to make beats. I want to learn how to audio engineer. I want, and you just dive in and you start learning as much as you can. Um, do you ever run into any form of imposter syndrome? Yeah. I mean, I, I question my ability to do things when like people really want me to like get it done. Like, um, so for instance, I, I ran into this guy named uh, Kadeem Phillips. He's a manager for um, a producer named Hit Kid. Well, Hit Kid has like one of the hottest songs out right now in the country, uh, F and F, and F with um, a girl named Glorilla. F and F. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I was talking to him and he was like, yeah, um, it'd be great if you could just because Hit Kid lives in Memphis. Okay. So he'd be like, yeah, it'd be great if you could just follow Hit Kid around, take photos and videos and post content. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> like it's already what I do. Yeah. But just because it's somebody who's like, you know, so popular, it's like, wait a minute. I'm not the guy for this. Like you, you need somebody who's actually really good at this. No, nah, you're the guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm the type of person who like, I love finding these opportunities and finding these chances to work with these big name people. And then when they're requesting me to do it, I'm just like, no, you need somebody else. Like somebody else is supposed to be doing this. So yeah, that's, I, I get that feeling that in that way. Do you, the, do you overcome that? Do you, are you taking pictures and, and following them around? Yeah, so um, we haven't talked about that since that conversation, which was just last week. Yeah. That's when we had that conversation. But um, I did go to Kadeem's studio and I took photos for him at the studio, and um, he he posted you know a couple of the photos or whatever. And um, and and I've worked with well, I've I've talked to people who are big in the business, and I haven't worked with a lot of people in that way. Like um, I had a friend who lives in New York, and um, I went to go see him and we went to a signing of an artist to Jim Jones's label. And I took photos uh, while, while the guy was signing and Jim Jones posted one of my photos and I was like, pretty cool. And uh, one of my friends was like, man, I thought you'd be like, you know, going crazy over that stuff. I'm just like, I had a camera. I took a photo. He posted the photo. Like that's what's supposed to happen. There's no reason to, gloat about it and tell everybody you know but i was like oh whatever yeah uh do you ever do you ever let yourself get excited and go crazy (laughs) so i've been thinking about this lately and i think i get more excited about the small things than i do like a big opportunity like if i don't know if i really like um meek mill i think he's a great rapper so if meek mill was like Jackson, I need you to engineer my vocals. Like, come come up to Philly, and I need you to do this. I'd be like, oh, that, neat, cool. <laughs> but if somebody was like, Jackson, you just won a lifetime supply of cheesecake, I'd be like, what? <laughs> oh, my God. It, it's, I swear, it's like the little things in life, those, those make me super excited. Because it's like, I don't know. I feel like you can work – 
to get the big things, if that makes sense. That, well, like, so that's what I got out of that is the things that you know you you have worked toward. You yeah. feel like those are happening because of the work you put in. The things yeah. you get really excited about are these things that fall out of the sky. That you're like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like that's those funny. things shouldn't happen. Like nobody should win a lifetime supply of cheesecake. <laughs> so if that happens to you, you should be crazy excited. Cause and you should happen. call me. I will be your new best friend. <laughs> I will die of early onset diabetes and have no qualms about it. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Well, I, I, I think I covered everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do want to ask and make sure and tell people where they can find you. I know Romero Records on YouTube, but is that uh, your website, your handles, all that jazz? Yeah, so you can find me at uh, RomeroRecords.org. Uh, I really don't have much on the website, and that's something I've really been slacking about with Romero Records and Damage Media Group. Like, that is DamageMediaGroup.com. And I just, I really need to start like putting stuff up on those sites. I really don't have much, but I'm very active on Instagram. Uh, you can find me at Supa Hindo. That's S U P A H E N D O Supa Hindo, and uh, also Damaged Media Group uh, on Instagram. And again, I don't really post much through Damaged Media Group, but since it's like a, a media company as far as like a, a record label. Um, we just post stuff that really revolves around like artists in the area and like stuff I've been up to. Like if I go to events and take pictures at the event, then I'll post that on the damage media group stuff. But, um, you can also find my audiobooks. put my name in the Google search and it should come up for, uh, Amazon or audible. And, um, yeah. And I've got music under super Hindo. That's, you know, my artist name and just got a lot of stuff coming out with uh damage media group that i'm really excited about doing but um yeah that's pretty much it podcaster on streaming sites yeah i know about that well cool i'm I'm glad we do this i just i I wrote this down earlier because i'm curious everybody i know that's worked in any sort of uh food establishment especially like a retail slash fast food thing has has an opinion right like i I worked at Wendy's for like a year and a half when I was a teenager and I still like to this day in my head, I'm like, no, Wendy's is the best fast food place of any of the fast food places. Like generally speaking, give me in and out burger any day of the week. But, uh, I'm curious what your feelings are on pizza hut. (laughs) So I will say when I started working at pizza hut, um, pizza hut was my favorite. It was my favorite pizza place. And then, um, Honestly, I started swapping to Papa John's. Like while I was working there, Papa John's became one of my favorite pizza places. That's funny. <laughs> and I, I was having like this back and forth with Papa John's and Domino's, but I think Papa John's ended up continuously staying one of my favorites. I guess like fast food pizza places. Obviously, like mom and pop places are going to take the cake yeah. on the pizza. But funny tidbit of information: when I was in Minot. The Papa John's that was in the city of Minot was voted the best Papa John's in the country. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, you heard it here first, folks. Someone does out pizza the hut. Um, (laughs) It's very curious. Well, yeah, Jackson, I appreciate it. I'm glad we could finally get together and do this. Um, It's been, I think like nine months since we first did, did my episode. So this is, this is great. And this oh, is going to, 
that's all right though. I, I was so <laughs> felt so vindicated. And I mean, you got to know this to some degree too, because you do, you do podcasts and interviews and you know, my list of knows or ghosted is much longer than my list of, of responses, you know, that is a, it's like a fucking sales game. It's like ask 10 people, get one. Yes. Get yep. ghosted by eight of them. And this is typically like my Facebook friends. I'm like, why do you accept my friend request? You won't respond to my fucking message, but I won't get into that. Is there anything I didn't cover you want to talk about or promote or anything? No, uh, that's pretty much it. I'm just really happy to, that we finally found time to do this. <laughs> And I would definitely encourage people to uh, to check out all your stuff because you ask great questions. I'm, I ask, I guess like I'm a they call it, I guess like big talk you know type of person. Yeah. Um, and you are really good at like the small talk type of stuff. Like you really dive deep into like the emotional part of like why somebody's doing. Well, I stuff. think that's the foundation, right? You can't yeah, get yeah. to the the bigger stuff until you know where those values started with. Um, yeah. that's, that's where I like to, to dig in there. Keep that going. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't spread yourself thin, man. Hire out those websites. Fuck it. <laughs> I know. Thank you for that advice. <laughs> truly. I, I know that struggle. I waited too long. I lost all my website crap. I had to rebuild it and it's a pain in the ass. Um, yeah. So on that, on that positive note, <laughs> I will let you go. Enjoy the rest of your night. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, man. I'll talk to you soon. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? All right. You just listened to my interview with Jackson Henderson. I have, <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on, on some of, some of Jackson's theories on life and, I didn't share them in the moment, uh, and I'm, I'm cautious to share them now because I don't like being the older person that says to the younger person, oh, you don't even know yet, because I hate when that happens to me, and everybody's experience is different, and it's incredibly naive to assume someone doesn't know uh, their own life experience or haven't suffered or anything just because of their age. Uh, you know, that's not true. You can't do that. Uh, but I'll be damned if my grumpy old man wasn't coming out and be like, well, hold on here, son. Uh, let me tell you about being 20 years old. Uh, <laughs> and I got to say, uh, I'm picking Pizza Hut over Papa John's. All right, there. Now it's out there. Because I do agree, Craig Robinson. No one out pizzas the hut. But it was, it was good, good talking to Jackson. I, I love the, the head he's got on his shoulders, his, the way his mind works. He's very dedicated. Um, and if you follow him online, you'll see there's a lot of positivity and success-driven uh, content. And you know what? It's not, it's not bullshit. You know, you see a lot of that out there with uh, coaches and, and positivity accounts and just kind of like bullshit stuff. And it's not, it's not that it's, it's genuine. And I hope you got that from this interview. It, that's genuinely who he is. And, and I'm happy I got to sit down with him. So thank you, Jackson. Uh, little housekeeping. This is the last episode of the third season. I've done three seasons. I've sat down across from uh, 108 people. That's crazy. Uh, this season included Don Wildman, the host of Cities of the Underworld and Mysteries at the Museum, who is like one of my nerd heroes. 
Um, <laughs> this season included a bunch of people that I've been trying to sit down with for three years now. Uh, you know, I followed up on some some messages. Like, I'll message people and be like, hey, I'd love to talk with you. And then they'll respond to me a year later. Because <laughs> no one actually uses Facebook Messenger. Uh, so I, I really... I'm so grateful to all the people I got to talk to this season. Uh, I'm so grateful for all the stuff that's going on in the background right now for the summer. Uh, we're going to hear some familiar voices, including the return of our favorite therapist from the podcast, Jenny Helms. Um, there's, there's so much to be grateful for, and it really fills my heart, all the, all the people that have made this show what it is today. Uh, I get to interview one of another one of my heroes coming up i'm not going to tell you who but i i guarantee everybody listening to this knows who it is um like not you don't know already but when you hear who it is you're gonna be like oh my god i know who that is um maybe this is the beginning of of segueing into that celebrity world except it'll be a small segue because i really am just interested in the people that i'm interested in uh like don wildman and this person I can't name. Uh, it's just been a trip. And I, I love this show. I love what it represents. I love what it's done for me uh, as a creator and as as a person. You know, it's it's helped me figure out the course of my life. And I'm starting grad school in the fall. When season four starts, I'm going to be already in classes for grad school on my way to becoming a therapist. And that's crazy uh, I couldn't even imagine doing this you know three years ago uh, so this is just crazy I really appreciate it I will tell you I just finished the book maybe you should talk to someone by Lori Gottlieb and holy shit uh, sobbed like three times so highly recommend it <laughs> it's, it's fantastic and I they said they're developing a show for it I can't find any other information about that online I hope they are. That'd be a good show. Maybe. They could really screw it up, too. Either way, season three is officially over. The summer series starts next week. I have so much fun stuff for this summer. I've already sat down with five people so far. I got some crazy recordings. I'm really pumped. You guys are going to love it. I'm already in love with it, so <laughs> I hope you like it. I love it. Uh, and and I, if you are a Patreon supporter, you already know what it is. So you can head over to patreon.com slash friendrequestpod, and it's $1.09. You can be a Patreon supporter. $1.09 goes, goes to the show, supports the show, helps us put this show out. And when I say us, guys, I'm just talking about me. The guest, obviously, is the most important part of each episode, but as far as, you know, editing and hosting and, and you know, actual hosting the content, the website that does that, all the stuff that costs money, I do all that stuff. So feel free to jump on the Patreon train. You can find out early what we're doing for the summer series. Oh, I just feel really, really great. I'm very happy. I'm recording this right before I go on vacation. I leave tomorrow for Boston. And this will be out after I get back, but I will not have any time to edit. So I wanted to get it all done beforehand. And I'm, I'm really grateful. So if you're still listening to this, because I've been rambling for a while, thank you. Thank you so much for 
helping us get to this point. I got to stop saying us, right? Me, helping me get to this point. Um, but helping all these guests, you know, this, this is a platform for people to tell their stories. And when you support the show, you support that platform. So you're helping people tell their stories. You are helping to create more meaningful conversations. So pat yourself on the back too. Happy season three finale. I will talk to you guys next week for the first episode of a really fun summer series. Okay. All right. I love you. Bye-bye.